Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, we're back, everybody. This is episode 161. Today's 6 September, and we've got an all-Europe show. I had one show for uh, one story from the Pacific, but I don't think I'll get to it. A uh, bunch of Ukraine stuff, a bunch of stuff from Poland, and a really good story about a UK Challenger tank. That'd be part of the Armor's Not Dead segment. Um, yeah, so I might as well get started. Hopefully this will go... Less than 30 minutes, but we'll find out. First of all, we're going to start off with Ukraine. Uh, there's been a Biden administration announces additional security assistance for Ukraine. 6 September, that's today. Today, the Department of Defense announced additional security assistance to meet Ukraine's critical security and defense needs. This announcement is the Biden administration's 46th tranche of equipment to be provided from DOD inventories for Ukraine since August of 21. This package includes additional air defense equipment, artillery munitions, no surprise there, anti-tank weapons, no surprise there, including depleted uranium rounds for previously committed Abrams tanks. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's a new one. And other equipment. C- capabilities in this package is valued at one, uh, $175 million, and they include equipment to support Ukraine's air defense systems, additional HIMARS ammo. Do we have a HIMARS story tonight? I don't know. If not, we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it next week or next episode. I didn't mean to sidetrack. So uh, additional HIMARS ammo, 155 and 105 artillery ra- millimeter artillery rounds. No surprise there. 81 millimeter mortar systems and rounds. That's kind of new. 120 millimeter depleted uranium tank ammunition for Abrams tanks. That's very, definitely new. Two blanched optically tracked wire guided wireless tow missiles. Not new. Always see that. Javelin and AT-4 anti-armor systems, always see that. Three million rounds of small arms ammunition, always seems to be on there. Tactical air navigation systems, tactical secure communication systems and support equipment. Demolition munitions for obstacle clearing, always seems to be on there. And spare parts, maintenance, and other field equipment for a grand total of $175 million. Not that much this time. And while we're on the subject, we'll go to uh, breaking defense. Ashley Roquet, 6 September, United States to send Ukraine depleting uranium rounds for M1 tanks. Nice story here. Kind of a recap of what I just talked about from the DOD release. The Biden administration formally announced plans today for delivering the controversial 120 millimeter armor piercing munitions to Ukraine for its ground forces to fire from M1A1 tanks. If you remember, we were told last episode by uh, Dr. William LaPlante, Bill LaPlante, who's a senior acquisition official for the United States, that uh, M1 tanks, I think 31, will be in Ukraine by the fall. Uh, So this is kind of like a, I don't know, a supporting article. Uh, Department of Defense, now I'm back to the article. Department, Department of Defense spokesman declined to disclose how many rounds are part of the package due to operational security considerations. So those rounds I just talked about, we don't know how many there are. 
The quantity, here's a quote, the quantities, quantities provided will significantly enhance the effectiveness, effectiveness of Ukraine's M1 Abrams tanking capability that will be delivered in the coming weeks. This is from a spokesman. We expect these to arrive by the time the Abrams tanks arrive, and we're told in the fall. As for a synced-up delivery date, DOD officials have said Kiev will have the tank 31 tanks sometimes this fall. Until then, approximately 200 Ukrainian soldiers are expected to remain in GRAF, GRAF training area in Germany, continuing to hone their Abrams operator and maintenance skills. Of course, GRAF training area is Grafenwehr, Grafenwehr, GRAF. Um, I don't know how to say it properly. Everybody just calls it GRAF. Uh, while the Ukrainian man Abrams will be taking aim at Russian forces, critics are likely to take aim at the Biden administration over the high-density armor-piercing rounds as critics allege, in part, that toxic fumes and weapons remnants could be harmful to civilians and service members. The munitions contain de- depleted uranium, a radioactive, chemically toxic heavy metal, and when they hit an armored surface, they burn at higher temperatures, which creates radioactive and chemically toxic fine dust. That's according to the International Coalition to Ban Uranium Weapons. Furthermore, rounds that miss the target slowly corrode and release toxins into the soil and groundwater, leaving behind cleanup work for a country. Uh, both wep- Talking about cluster munitions, both uh, cleanup work for a country that will be looking to remove cluster munitions, talking about Ukraine. While both weapons have been fiercely debated, the United States is now committed to providing Ukraine with both. That's both cluster munitions, and depleted uranium weapons. And do I need to go on with this? Uh, I got this from AP. What is depleted uranium? In case you didn't know, I didn't. Uh, depleted uranium is a byproduct of a process to create the rare enriched uranium used in nuclear fuel and weapons. Although far less powerful than enriched uranium and incapable of generating, incapable of generating a nuclear reaction, depleted uranium is extremely dense more dense than lead, and is a quality that makes it highly attractive as a projectile. That's probably why they like it. It is so dense that it has so much momentum that it keeps going through armor, and it heats up so much that it catches fire. When fired, a depleting uranium munition becomes essentially an exotic metal dart fired at a very high speed. In the 1970s, the U.S. Army began making armor-piercing rounds with depleted uranium and has since added to composite tank armor to strengthen it. It also added depleted uranium to munitions fired by the Air Force A-10 attack plane, which is known as a tank killer. The United States military is still developing depleted uranium munitions, most notably the M829A4 armor-piercing round for the M1A2 Abrams main tank, uh, main battle tank. So there you go. Everything you want to know about Depleted uranium munitions in a paragraph. Uh, so let me check those off. So there's three stories knocked out right there. Uh, next. This is from uh, Defense News. Again, Ukraine. Bryant Harris, September 6th. Today, United States considering long-range fires for Ukraine. This is from a U.S. State Department official. And of course, we know what they're talking about, right? Uh, first, it was armor. Then it was F-16s, and now uh, a lot of people have been wanting ATACMS missiles for Ukraine. And this is a story about that. So the Biden administration is closely considering providing long-range fires and other capabilities to Ukraine, a State Department official overseeing arms transfer said. 
This State Department official is Laura Cressy. She's got a heck of a long title. Her title is Director of Regional Security and Arms Transfers at the State Department's Political Military Bureau Affairs, Affairs Bureau. Anyway, she said this in a statement today at a Defense News Conference in Arlington, Virginia. Here's her statement. We do need to continue a very close and deliberate look at what Ukraine needs. There's been a lot of talk about F-16s, a lot of talk about long-range fires, she said. All of those the U.S. government is closely considering, but it takes a lot in terms of training. The United States can't provide whatever the hot topic of the moment. We need to take a close look at the conditions on the battlefield and the capacity of the Ukrainians themselves, the training. That's her statement. There was some more stuff, but it's not really that interesting. Uh, Here's some interesting stuff. This is from an Estonian official that I found very interesting. So here we go. The pro-Ukrainian Republicans in Congress have pressured the Biden administration to send Kiev long-range capabilities like the Army Tactical Missile System, also known as the TACOMS, as requested by President Zelensky, but so far no avail. President Joe Biden did reverse course on providing F-16s to Ukraine in August, authorizing training for Ukrainian pilots who will fly jets provided by Denmark and the Netherlands. A provision in the House Fiscal 2024 policy bill would require the Pentagon to build Lockheed Martin-made ballistic missiles for Kiev via the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. Britain has also provided long-range storm shadow cruise missiles to Ukraine. Now, this is where I heard something I hadn't heard before. Estonia's number two defense official, Defense Minister Permanent Secretary... Kusti Som said the Ukrainian war was an ex- existential, as existential, someone out there knows what I'm trying to say, question for NATO, noting we're fairly confident that the United States and its European allies can help Kiev win despite slow-moving counteroffensive. I think they're talking about the thing that started between June and today. Uh, here's where it gets interesting. Russia has pushed this war into a war of attrition. Our job is to send the message that we can outmanufacture you. Our defense budgets have been a self-inducing spiral of declining defense budgets, especially in Europe. Our job is to turn this around. So that's an interesting take from Defense Ministry Permanent Secretary Kusti Salm from Estonia that said if the war goes into a war of attrition, that the idea is that the West is going to have to just build more weapons than Russia. I guess that's the point of what he's saying. I, don't, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard anybody say that or put it in those terms. Uh, I don't know if you have, if you've been following this thing. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. All right, that was done. So that's Ukraine long-range fire. So we've seen the Biden administration say no to tanks and then yes to tanks and then no to F-16s and yes to, F-16, yes to F-16s. Um. Long-range precision fire, particularly the Attackums missile. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to, to wake up one day and see that uh, Attackums are going to Ukraine. Now we have, let's see, one, two, three, a series of four articles from about Poland. And of course, you know, we cover Poland probably more than anyone in Europe. They do a lot of uh, moving and shaking in the defense. They're buying a lot of weapons, which we've covered we, all, we did a whole episode to Poland once, and we probably easily could do this one for, for just Poland. 
Uh, here's the first story from 5 September, Defense News, polling to spend over 4% of GDP on defense in 2024. This is from the Defense Post staff. Poland's president said on Tuesday the NATO plan- member plans to spend more than 4% of its gross domestic product on defense next year amid security concerns over the war in neighboring Ukraine. Uh, he announced a sum of $33 billion at the opening of this year's edition of the region's biggest trade fair for military equipment, also known as MSPO, in Kielce, K-I-E-L-C-E, Poland. Uh, here's a quote from him. Next year, we plan to spend $33 billion on U.S. dollars on defense. That is more than 4% of our GDP. Pretty nice quote. Uh, Warsaw has signed multiple arms deals, including with the United States and South Korea, from whom it ordered K-2 Black Panther tanks and K-9 howitzers. That's South Korea. Last month, the United States approved a $12 billion sale of Apache helicopters to Poland. In June, Poland received its first shipment of U.S.-made advanced Abrams tanks. It ordered a total of 366 tanks. Poland also announced in April that it had signed a $2.4 billion air defense deal with the U.K. arm of Europe's MBDA, which will provide missiles and missile launchers. So that's the first story from Poland. Uh, This article mentioned a defense show called the MSPO. And I got a little bit on that real quick in case you didn't know from the website. So the MSPO is a comprehensive presentation of military equipment. Uh, It also abounds with business meeting and contracts concluded between manufacturers from different continents and defense sectors it is ranked the third of among of it is ranked third among all of Europe's exhibitions after the Paris and London trade shows. So this thing's big. Uh, this year it is held from five to eight September. Uh, Republic of Pres- uh, Republic of Poland's president auspices have been granted to the expo. Whatever that means, the Polish Armaments Group has been the strategic partner for this exhibition, and they have some you know they have a bunch of stuff over the over the couple of days, some of the breakout sessions where they have discussions. Here's are some of the topics. Uh, Transformation of the European defense industry is one. There's a bunch of them. I'm just cherry picking some. Seminar on the cooperation with the U.S. Army Station in Poland. Conference on masking and disguise the systems that increase survivability of military equipment on the modern battlefield. That sounds like a good one to go to. Challenges for the new security architecture in Europe. And the last one I'll, I'll cherry pick here is the Axon Taser 10, Breakthrough Power in Your Hands, a live demonstration of a stun gun. So maybe after lunch, you can go see the stun gun or before lunch. Anyway, that sounds cool. If I was there, I would definitely go look at that one. So that's a little bit about this uh, MP, uh, MSPO. And I think I have a couple more stories from it which is probably why we have so many stories from Poland. All the defense writers are at this conference because I guess it's the third biggest in Europe after Paris and London. All right, go to the second uh, article here. So this is from Breaking Defense, Bart Glowacki, 5 September. Poland unveils H-A-A-S-T-A, Hasta, prototype for drone-on-drone warfare. The Polish government today rolled out a new armed, unmanned aerial vehicle concept aimed at countering small drones. This is known as the HASTA, H-A-A-S-T-A, 
Uh, in the announcement, the government stated that the design draws on insights gained from recent years of combat operations, which was a not-so-veiled reference to the Ukraine conflict. Uh, this system is designed through the Something Institute of Aviation in cooperation with the Italian firm Eurotech. This uh, Asta system has a wingspan of just under 13 feet. It's 9.5 feet long and it has a payload of 77 pounds inside a bay. It's got a 20 horsepower electric hybrid motor and it can fly between 74 and 170 miles an hour with an altitude of over four miles high, which is 20,000 feet. That's pretty fast, right? 170, 170 miles per hour. The system is designed to be launched from an air launcher and lands on a skid or gliding parachute rather than requiring traditional airport infrastructure. Uh, the range of this thing is 30K with a standard radio, 80K with a mesh system, or 170K with directional antennas. And if you have a satellite radio, this thing can go a max endurance of 10 hours, which is not the radio's problem, it's the fuel. It's only limited by the fuel then, 10-hour endurance with fuel. Uh, what's this thing for? The main task will be hunting low-velocity, flying Shahed-type drones, which is, you know, the Iranian-type drone, searching for combustion engine emissions, and after positive ID, destroying the enemy target with his underbelly-mounted 5.45 machine gun. So it's got a machine gun in, in his belly. In the future, it may be possible to arm the design with a 7.62 or even a 12.7, which would be a 50 cal. Or alternatively, with two 20 kg free fall bombs in the fuselage. So I guess 20 kg is about a 50 pound bomb. However, there could be other uses for the system. The designers claim the ability to penetrate air defenses, operate deep in, deep in enemy territory, and perform ISR missions. According to the Institute of Aviation representatives, the aircraft has successfully passed a series of flight tests, and while still in the concept demonstration phase, designers are hoping to attract customers in the future. I want to see it fire a 50 cal underneath it. So that's a second Poland story. First one about defense budget, the second one about the drone. This one's about radar. Poland is the first foreigner to buy U.S. Army's new missile radar. This is from Jen Judson, uh, Defense News, 5 September. Poland will be the first international customer for the U.S. Army's new air and missile defense radar, which is still in development. And this is according to a, a September 5th statement by RTX, formerly known as Raytheon. The Polish defense minister approved a letter of acceptance to buy 12 of these RTX-developed lower-tier air and missile defense sensor, also known as LTAMDS, along with 48 Patriot launchers. These new radars will be integrated into Poland's air and missile defense architecture, known as the Whistler program. It already consists of the RTX's Patriot Air Defense System and Northrop Grumman's IBCS, which is Integrated Battle Command System. Poland reached an agreement with the United States in 2018 to buy the Patriot system with the Integrated Battle Command System. A little bit about the radar. The U.S. Army has developed this new 360-degree radar for its own future integrated air and missile defense system, which will replace the Patriot. Of course, the integrated air and missile defense system is one of the uh, you know, signature modernization plans for the Army, air and missile defense, of course. Uh, this system consists of the IBCS as well as the command and control system plus the 
this radar, the LT-AMDS radar, and a launcher. doesn't say what the launcher is, though. Uh, having obtained a waiter, to do so, Poland was the first country, even ahead of the United States Army, to receive and field this system. Uh, let's see, what else? Any more? Do I want to go on with this? Uh, a little bit about this. So, meanwhile, Raytheon has completed building six of the radars under contract with the Army. Congress mandated that the service field one of these battalions with four sensors by December of 23. The U.S. Army's so we're going from Poland to the U.S. Army here. I'm sorry about that. Um, the Army is providing first of its prototypes for the formation designated as the first unit equipped with a primary radar sector capability by 23, December of 23. The Army plans to conduct an operational assessment in the first quarter of FY25 that will lead to an engineering and manufacturing development decision in FY25. Bottom line, how many are... Uh, are they getting? They're getting 12 of these uh, radars. And the name of the radar is, again, is a lower-tier air and missile defense sensor, LTAMDS, along with 48 Patriot launchers. Second uh, Poland story done. Third one, this is a Goba naval strike missile. Poland is going to buy hundreds of naval strike missiles in a $2 billion deal. This is from uh, Jaroslaw Adamowski from Defense News. 5 September, Poland has ordered several hundred naval strike missiles in a deal worth 8 billion zloty or 2 billion United States dollars. Uh, the defense minister signed the deal for two new naval missile units for his existing naval strike missile anti-ship system. The contract is awarded to Norwegian company Konsberg Defense and Aerospace. Uh, here's a quote from the president of Konsberg. He said in a statement that this deal is the largest single contract in the country's history. It's a $2 billion deal. Good grief. Deliveries are scheduled between 2026 and 2032. The announcement was made on the first day of this year's MSPO Defense Industry Show, which we just talked about, runs from 5 to 8 September. The Naval Strike Missile is a sea-skimming over-the-horizon missile within a range ex exceeding 185 kilometers. In May of 2023, Latvia government voted to authorize the purchase of naval strike missiles to bolster its Baltic Sea defense capabilities. So naval strike missile. There's the fourth story. So we did radar, naval strike missile, the drone killer with the 5.45 machine gun on the bottom, and the defense budget. Now we'll go to Germany. What am I doing on time? 22 minutes. Here's Germany. Germany ships first batch of Jepard ammo to Ukraine. Uh, Vivian Machi, September 5th, Defense News. Germany has delivered the first shipment of new ammunition for the Jepard anti-aircraft weapon system, Ukraine. This is according to Ramital and the German Defense Ministry. They announced on Tuesday, which was yesterday. This first lot of 35 millimeter ammunition comes months after Ramital invested in new production capacity in Germany and the German state of Lower Saxony. The contract with Ramital was signed a few days prior for 300,000 rounds at a total cost of 168 million euro or 181 million U.S. dollars. Half of those rounds will go to Ukraine, 40,000 of which will be delivered to Kiev by the end of 2023. This initial delivery includes a five-digit number of munitions according to the German military. So that five-digit number could be, let's see. 10,000 to 99,000, I suppose, is that five digits? 
A little bit about the Gepard. The self-propelled Gepard wields two 35-millimeter guns, and Germany has provided 46 of these systems to Ukraine, with another six to come. The anti-aircraft system has proved critical in helping Ukraine protect its airspace. Ammunition for the Gepard is tough to come by, as the German military retired the system from service 15 years ago, and national ammo stocks have since dropped to zero. As a result, Germany has modified existing 35mm ammunition for the main armament of an infantry fighting vehicle for use for the Gepard. Uh, the company is going to provide two types of ammunition to Ukraine. Uh, one is a subcal, armor-piercing, fin-stabilized, discarding so, uh, Sabo tracer. And the second type is a conventional high-explosive incendiary designed for air defense and attacking aircraft and guided missiles. So they get two. They get a basically like an anti-armor and one for air defense. End of story there. Now we'll go to Finland. Finland Patria weighs making combat vehicles in Ukraine. This is from Elizabeth Goslin Malo for September from Defense News. Finnish armored vehicles manufacturer Patria is the latest European company to consider a production site in Ukraine. They are following similar plans articulated by officials in Germany and Sweden. Local media recently began to report that Finnish armored vehicles manufacturer Patria Group was considering proposals to set up part of its production in Ukraine. When pressed on the matter, Finnish defense representative remained somewhat vague. Here's a statement. In general, we know that Ukraine to be interested in Finnish defense industry products and that discussions to po- promote bilateral material cooperation have taken place between administrations and companies. Commercial export licenses have been applied for and defense administration has accelerated the procedure to deal with them. That's from a statement from a Finnish defense representative. Uh, Patria, on their side, remains very tight-lipped on the issue, stating in an email to Defense News that the company could not comment on ongoing discussions. A national broadcaster previously suggested that Finnish company could strike a similar arrangement with Ukraine that has taken place in Poland for domestic production of vehicles. Back in April, a Polish prime minister announced on social media that Ukraine had ordered 100 armored vehicles from Patria and they were to be delivered by Poland. Uh, for example, in Poland, Rosomox 8x8-wheeled armored vehicles are produced under a license agreement on manufacturing. Uh, already is a successful technology transfer and in industrial participation, participation in local production of 8x8 MV, AMVs in Slovenia, Croatia, and South Africa. The prospect of local production venture in Ukraine is likely to receive political support in Helsinki, according to experts, it is noted that Ukraine's defense enjoys a strong backing from Finland's new conservative right administration and the Finnish parliament. End the story there. Finally, what are we doing on time? 27 minutes. Uh, I'm going to do the HIMAR story. So not related to Europe, but I'll do it anyway. So Lockheed Martin demonstrates doubling of HIMARS munition range. This is defense post. Ender Bish. From 4 September, Defense Post, Lockheed Martin flight tested the extended range guided multiple launch rocket system, uh, also known as Gimler's ER, or ER Gimler's extended range, to a maximum range of 150K or 93 miles. The missile flew twice the range of an operational Gimler's, 
achieving success criteria for flight trajectory, extended range, and accuracy from launch to impact. It also demonstrated successful immigration with the M142 HIMARS. Lockheed Martin has been testing the ER variant since 2018. Here's a quote from the Lockheed Martin Vice President of Precision Fires. He says, this test demonstrates nearly double the range while maintaining the precision Gimlers is known for. Lockheed Martin is committed to advancing this critical capability on a rapid timeline for our, our Army customer, and this test moves ER Gimlers one step closer to fielding. I just had to throw that one in there. That's got nothing to do with Europe. And here's the last story from Europe, from the UK. Great story. From Shepherd Defense, our Shepherd News, uh, Inside UK's Challenger 3 tank program gets ready for service in 2025. This is from Sam Hart. I don't know how I got this article. It's a 4 September article. Generally, everything from Shepherd News is behind a paywall, but somehow this one came through. I don't know if they just give you a free article from time to time or once a week, but uh, this is a really good one. Generally, when I read through these articles, when I do my notes, I highlight the stuff I want to talk about. And this article here, I highlighted most of it. Some of it's pretty uh, technical, and I try to stay away from the, the technical the technical stuff that, well, let's be honest, the technical stuff, I don't understand it. I don't want to cover it because people can figure out that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Pardon my language. So here we go. Here's the article. The UK's Challenger 3 tank program gets ready for service in 2025. It's a very good article. So here we go. Challenger 3 is the latest iteration of the Challenger main battle tank introduced into service with the British Army. Before I continue with the article, this is part of the Armor Not Dead file uh, of the show. Manufactured by Rheinmetall BA Systems Land. It's important you remember that. Manufactured by Rheinmetall BAE Systems Land, Challenger 3 is an in-service upgrade to the existing Challenger 2 platform. It features a switch to a new 120mm smoothbore gun, integrated trophy active protection system, and a new suite of sights and optics. If you don't have trophy active protective system in a new tank, you're, I think you're wasting your time. Uh, the Challenger 3 is expected to replace 148 Challenger 2 platforms by 2030 and a $1.17 billion contract with the British Army, or 800 million pounds. Challenger 3 remains solely a British program at present. Of the 227 Challenger 2 tanks currently in service with the British Army, current plans will see the upgrade of 148 to the Challenger 3 platform. Following the integrator review in March of 21, the Ministry of Defense confirmed the decision to reduce the current three armored regiments worth of Challenger 2s, which is 227, down to two regiments strength of 148. Of the three armored regiments in the Royal Armored Corps, the Royal Tank Regiment and the Queen's Royal Hussars will remain on the Challenger platform and await the Challenger 3 upgrades while the King's Royal Hussars will re-roll in the new Ajax platform in 2025. A little bit of commentary. This Sam Hart did a really good job. A lot of good good information in this. Like for the fact that there's three regiments of armor in the British Army. Kind of a comparison. How many armor brigades are in the U.S. Army? There's 16. There's 11 active and 5 uh, National Guards. So 
16 brigades of armor, and then I guess the uh, Brits have three regiments, which is kind of a brigade, small brigade. Uh, back to the article. So they're going from two, three regiments to two with these Challenger tanks, 148 tanks. Uh, during the overhaul and upgrade po- process, each Challenger 2 tank will be stripped to the bare hulls and go through an ultrasonic ex- inspection, weld repair, repainting while every component is removed and inspected for serviceability to prolong the future service life. Production has already begun on the new turrets. The Royal Tank Regiment expected to receive the first delivery of the Challenger 3 in early of 25, which is not too far away. On 9 February of 23, Defense Equipment and Support announced it had approved the critical design review stage for Challenger 3 ahead of schedule. Uh, Developed as a replacement for the Challenger 2 main battle tank, the UK mod initiated the development of the Challenger 2 LEP life extension program in 2013. So they've been working this sucker for 10 years. Several companies submitted. This is where it gets interesting, right? So 2013, they started this life, life extension program. Several companies submitted proposals for the life extension program. And, and three years later, in December of 16, the mod awarded a $49 million contract. $49 million in contracts plural, to Rimatol 1 and BAE Systems led Challenger 2. So BAE had one, Rimatol had the other. So two Challengers. Now here's where it gets interesting. Following the, pu- following the publishing of proposals by both teams in 2018 and 2019, two and three years later, Rimatol's acquisition of BAE Systems UK Land Division formed BAE, B, uh, Rimatol BAE Systems Land. I'm read that again because I, I have buck teeth and I can't talk good. So in 2019, Rimatol bought BAE System UK Land Division. So they were both challenging each other, and one said, "To heck with it! Well, I'll just buy you out," which they did. Rimatol bought BAE Land System UK Land Division to form one company, Rimatol BAE System Land, also known as RBSL. So. Now there's only one competitor, which is Rimatol, BAE Land System. So in other words, you went from two competitors, one bought the other one out, now there's only one competitor. I probably should have said that at the beginning. Anyway, moving on. In March of 21, uh, RBSL, which means Rimatol BAE System Land, announced it had received a contract worth $1.17 billion to upgrade 148 Challenger 2s to the Challenger 3 platform. So that was the done deal, March 21. Uh, the UK mod stated the first delivery of Challenger had been accelerated to 2025. We know the first unit is going to be the Royal Tank Regiment to, to get it in 2025. So what is what is this thing all about? So the Challenger 3 retains many capabilities and components of the Challenger 2, but has several upgrades uh, the Challenger 3 will be fully digitized, enabling the crew to share and gather real-time data with other fighting brigade-level assets. Uh, there's a new turret mated to the existing Challenger 2 hull. Huh. So the Challenger 2 hull stays the same, but they got a new turret. Challenger 3 integrates an active protective system, a new 120-millimeter smoothbore gun, and upgrades to the current sight and optics. It retains the four-soldier crew. 
compromising a driver's driver seated in the central position at the front of the hull and the commander, gunner, and loader in the turret. Challenger 3's principal upgrade to protection is the integrated Raphael Trophy medium vehicle hard kill APS. This Israeli-made trophy provides combat tested protection against rocket missile threats. This is also interesting here. They have a deal with Elbit Systems UK for 150 Elbit Laser Warning Systems, also known as ELOS, intended for the Challenger 3, provides 360-degree threat coverage. It can detect and categorize and pinpoint laser sources, such as rangefinders, anti-tank guided missiles, target designators, and infrared illuminators. It is currently not known where they're going to mount this sucker on the Challenger 3. Those expected to follow the Merkava 3 tank and utilizing a turret-mounted mast. So if you're going to shoot something, shoot the mast first, right? Uh, The new turret has five L8 smoke grenade dischargers mounted on each side and retains Challenger 2's ability to further set a smoke screen. Uh, The Challenger 3 has an increased top speed of 60K on-road and 40K off-road. Max range of 500K, has a gross weight of 66 tons. It is three, it is one ton heavier than the Challenger 2. Uh, it's got the 120mm smoothbore gun. The British adoption of the 120mm smoothbore provides commonality with other NATO members, such as the Leopard 2A7 and M1A2. One coaxial 7.62 machine gun is mounted to the left of the main armament with the capability to mount another 7.62 in the commander's cupola. The tank is expected to carry 50 120mm and 4,762 rounds. How about that? Basic load for, for a Challenger 3 is 500, uh, 50 120mm and 4,762. Almost done. This is interesting. Challenger 3's threat de- detection is further upgraded with a driver gaining a new sight alongside the front and rear thermal imager camager camera for IED protection. Estimated cost is, guess how much? Estimated cost of 5.03 million per or 4.3 million pounds for each of the Challenger platforms. And that's it. What am I doing on time? 38 minutes. A little bit longer than I wanted to go. Excellent story, though, on the Challenger. Um, There's news on the M1. Not going to Ukraine, but the development of the M1 uh, in Defense News. I saw an article by Jen Judson. I almost did it, but I wanted to keep everything in Europe. But then I ruined that by doing the HIMARS, uh, the General Dynamics uh, Gimler's article. I probably ruined that, didn't I? I should have kept it all Europe. So all Europe plus one. But anyway, that's it. Episode 161 is in the books. Thank you very much for listening and good night.